Amen. You ready to get in the word today? Amen. What a spirit of worship. And, and I'm sensing what, what we've been ministering and what we've been preaching on is I sense a, a hunger. I'm sensing a, a hunger continuing to grow and be birthed in this house, in your life. And so I'm going to continue in dealing with desire. And uh, I, I, want to, I want to actually, before I, I get into this, I don't know if you, if you live in Crowley and you, or go to Crowley SD, you might have got a, a flyer like this this past week. Did you get a flyer like this? This was mailed to our house. Some of you might not have looked at it and you just threw it away. Um, but what this is, this is about Crowley ISD. Now listen to this. And I want you to know that, that we are here for a strategic purpose. We are so much bigger than these four walls that you're currently sitting in. But it says Crowley ISD is projected to exceed 20,000 students by 2028. Families are moving to Crowley ISD at record rates. There, now listen to this. There are currently more than 22,000 planned residential lots. That's not people. That's 22,000 residential lots. And more developments on the way. So we are here for such a time as this. Every building we need, every facility we need, every piece of equipment we need, we call forth right now for the harvest. Amen. Do you agree with that? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I think you can give a better shout than that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Turn to Luke chapter 6. Holy Spirit, direct me today. Hallelujah. I just believe as the word goes forth, the presence of God will continue to grow, build, and rest on each one of our hearts to receive exactly what we need to receive today. We'll produce a greater hunger in our lives. Now, before I read that, I want to read something to you. And I referred to this last week, the phrase of what Moses declared. He said, show me your glory. Let me read this to you. Show me your glory. We cross the line when we make such a request. When our deepest desire is not the things or a favor from God, but God himself. We cross a, th- we cross a threshold less self-focused and more God-focused. Less about me and more about him. I read this in Max Lucado's book concerning Show Me Your Glory. He says this. Show me your radiance, Moses is praying. Flex your bicep. Let me see the S on your chest. Your preeminence. Your heart-stopping, ground-shaking power. Ask yourself a similar question. Why do you stare at sunsets and ponder the summer night sky? Why do you search for a rainbow in the midst or gaze at the Grand Canyon? Why do you allow the Pacific surf to mesmerize and Niagara to hypnotize? How do we explain our fascination with such sights? It's because of beauty. Yes. But doesn't the beauty point to a beautiful someone? Doesn't the immensity of the ocean suggest an immense creator? A beautiful maker? A God so mighty that he can fling the stars and galaxies? That he can commission the birds and command the fish? Show me your glory, God, was Moses' decree. He's saying this, forget a bank. He wants to see Fort Knox. He desires to walk in the vault of God's wealth. 
He's saying, would you sustain me with your strength? Would you numb me with your wisdom? Would you steal my breath with the brush of yours? A moment in the spray of God's grace, a glimpse of your glory, God. This is the prayer of Moses. Let me ask you a question. Shouldn't the same request be ours? I mean, think this is Moses declaring, show me your glory. Now, now think about it. He saw a bush on fire, yet it wasn't consumed. When he declared this, he had seen the plagues from, from Egypt, plagues in Egypt. And he saw how where there was darkness in Egypt, there was light in Goshen. He saw a fire and cloud that sustained them during the day and during the night. He saw chariots of fire. He saw fire that divided them between them and their enemy. And, and they walked and they, they saw the waters congeal. And they walked over on dry land. And yet Moses, after all that, he still says, show me your glory. Are you satisfied with what you've seen up to this time in your life? I mean, I think some of us would have been satisfied. Wow, that was cool. I'm going to tell everybody about it. I saw a bush on fire and never left that place. And so some of us may have lived on great experiences that happened many years ago and will stay in that one place of what God did 20 years ago, instead of saying, God, there's got to be something more because you are far greater than anything I could ask, think, dream or imagine. Yeah, God, I know that I've seen people heal through me. Yes, I know people have got born again through my life, but I have yet to see nothing because there's something more and there's something far greater than what I could understand about you. Show me your glory. This has to be our request. This has to be the hunger that's birthed on the inside of our hearts that we're not satisfied with yesterday's manna, but we need something far greater because there's something more that he wants us to discover about him, something he wants to know more about him. Why do we need to be in the word day and night? Why do we need to meditate the word day and night? Because you have only touched a glimpse of who he is. We've only seen just this much of who God is. And we get satisfied with crumbs when there's, there's, there's steak to eat. We, we get satisfied with ordinary messages and ordinary services because, because we've yet to discover there's something so much more that he wants to do in our lives. When Jesus made statements like this and he said things like this, he goes, greater things. Think about that. Jesus said... Greater things that you'll see than this. Why? Because I go to the Father. Greater things. The end of the end of John. John says, "Has if we had all the books couldn't contain all the miracles that he did in three and a half years." Think about it. Greater works than these, but we get satisfied with just a. Something that may have taken place years ago. And we're okay with that. I'm not. I'm not. As, as a pastor, I'm here to provoke you. 
I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm here to challenge you. I'm not here to cause us to just go through the motions as a church. I'm here to challenge us. I'm here to provoke us to love. I'm, I'm here to provoke you to, to, to pursue God. I'm here to provoke you into the word of God. I'm, I'm here, not just, I'm here for, for me to see greater transformation in my life. Are you here for transformation? Amen. Show us your glory, Lord. Hunger is a strong desire and a craving that drives you in a certain direction. You're hungry for something. Whether good, bad, something that will pleasure you, something that may destroy you, but somewhere, somehow, you have a hunger on the inside of you to pursue something. But the question is, what are you hungry for? In Luke chapter 6, verse 20, he says, Blessed, greater are you who hunger now. That's verse 21. It says, Blessed are you who hunger now. It's not hungry tomorrow. It's not hungry next week. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. This, this, is, this, is, this is all about you. This has nothing to do with me. I mean, it does for me when he's talking about me. But blessed are you. So we can, we can look at this and we can, we can think that it's about someone else. But he's telling blessed are you. Who's the you? It's the person that's hungry. And it's the person that's hungry now. Blessed are you that hunger now for you shall be filled. We can recognize what we're hungry for based on what we pursue. Our appetites dictate the direction of our lives. Whether it be the cravings of our stomach, the passionate desire for possessions or power, or the longings of our spirit for God himself. For the Christian, the hunger for anything besides God can be your greatest hindrance. While our hunger for God and Him alone is the only thing that will bring you victory and take you to another level. You and me, we're experiencing God right now in direct proportion to your hunger and thirst for Him. Let me say that again. You or me, we are experiencing God right now in direct proportion to our hunger and thirst for Him. Meaning, you've experienced God up to this time in your life as much as you've hungered for Him. What is revival? What is awakening? What is refreshing? It's God's response to His people's hunger. If revival was a sovereign act, every church would be experiencing it. If it's just something that God just shows up and, oh, I'm going to give them revival. Mm -mm. It's not a sovereign act. It's a response to his people's hunger. Mm. Thank you, Father. Go to Matthew 10. I wasn't planning on going here, but let's go to Matthew 10.
Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Matthew chapter 10, verse 38. says, And he who does not take his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. He who finds his life will lose it. So if you're finding something, it means you must be seeking for it. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. That last part says, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. You see, there is a higher way of living and there's a lower way of living. And if you're pursuing after a lower way of living, you're going to lose the greater. But yet, if you, but yet if you leave the lower to pursue the higher, there's so much more. The question is, what are you pursuing after? Are we pursuing a lower way of living or are we pursuing a higher way of living? Am I pursuing what's going to gratify my flesh or am I going to pursue what's going to, going to cause me to flourish in the kingdom of God? What am I seeking after in my life? What am I pursuing after? You know, uh, Brother uh, Or Roberts preached a message years ago. And I believe that this, this Carolyn can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's the thing that you compromise to keep, you lose. It's like, it's like I, I, want, I want to hold on to this life so much. I want to hold on to this, but I see that there's... Oh, but. And, and we try to live in two different worlds. It's like, it's like I, I see this and I, I want that. I want that, but I want this. I want this. And, and you're so worried about losing this. You're so worried about losing this that you compromise greater things. When if you understood and you embraced this, this would far outweigh that any day of the week. Amen. I was so worried about, about giving my life to the Lord because I f- was afraid of what I was going to miss out on. Yeah. on. I, I was, as a, you're not going to have any fun. You're, you're, you, you, I mean, it's like, well, and there's, and there's this thing that it's like that I'm going to miss out on something. But for the sake of missing out on something, I'm missing out on something. I was missing out on greater things that God had from my life instead of the other things that were temporary, had a lifespan in the things that didn't have lasting happiness or lasting success. What are you seeking after? Are you seeking after lower things or are, you, are we going to be seeking after higher things? Go to, um, I'm, actually, I'm just going to read these scriptures, um, and they'll put them up on the screen here. Second Chronicles 15. Second Chronicles 15. I'm going to read this in the Amplified Classic. It says, The Spirit of God came upon Azariah. The Lord is with you while you're with him. And this is what he's saying when the Spirit of God came on him. The Lord is with you while you're with him. If you seek him, inquire for and of him... Craving him as your soul's first necessity, he will be found by you. But if you become indifferent, 
mean you're not interested and you forsake him, he will forsake you. Now think about that. If you seek him, inquire for and of him, craving him as your soul's first necessity. Now let's look at Psalms 9. Verse 10. Thank you, Father. It says this. And they who know your name, who have experienced an acquaintance with your mercy, will lean on and confidently put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek, inquire of, and for you on the authority of God's word and the right of their necessity. He does not forsake those who seek, inquire of, and for you on the authority of God's word and the right of their necessity. Let's look at Psalms 105. I want you to see these. Seeking. What are you seeking? In verse 1, Psalms 105 says this, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his doings among the people. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Meditate on and talk of all his marvelous deeds and devoutly praise them. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek and require the Lord as their indispensable necessity. Wow. What does indispensable mean? It means essential. It's essential. Meditate and talk of all his marvelous deeds and devoutly praise them. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts, let the what? The hearts, the hearts of those rejoice who seek and require the Lord as their indispensable necessity. I mean, I can't live without it. Then it says, seek, inquire of, and for the Lord and crave him and his strength. Seek and require his face and his presence continually. Forevermore. Wow. Do you hear the heart of the psalmist? Seek. Are you seeking higher things? Or are you seeking temporary things? Thank you, Father. Let's look at Psalms 119. Psalms 119. God knows exactly what you have need of. He knows the relationship. He knows the relationships you're desiring. He knows your future spouse. He knows what you have need of. He knows where you're hurting. He knows your passion for him. Maybe, but yet it might not be seen in action. He sees... Deep down on the inside of you, everything about you. He's just looking for you to seek him with all that you have. And he will fulfill every single one of your desires. Psalms 119. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 
It says, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Verse 2 says, blessed are those who keep his testimonies and who seek him with the whole heart. Blessed are those that seek him with a whole heart. God wants all of you. Every part of you. He wants. He tells us to cast every care upon him. Why? Because he wants all of your heart. Give you give, give him your fears. Give him their disappointments. Give him everything that you have. He wants a whole heart. Blessed. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with a whole heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Go to Acts 28. A whole heart. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, you can be in an environment where the word is going forth, but him not, but he doesn't have your total attention. You can be in an environment where miracles are happening, but not receive because your heart isn't engaged Amen. with him. Verse 23, it says, so when they had appointed him a day, many came to him at his lodging, talking about Paul, to whom he explained and solemnly testified of the kingdom of God. He testified of the kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from both the law of Moses and the prophets from morning till evening. And some were persuaded by the things which were spoken. See, you can be hearing the word of God, but not receiving the word of God. You can be in a place hearing some of the greatest revelation that's ever come to human existence through the Apostle Paul and still not be all in with your heart. The kingdom of God, persuading them concerning Jesus from the law, of the, uh, from the law of Moses, from the prophets, from morning till evening. And some were persuaded by the things that were spoken and some disbelieved. So when they did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul had said one word. It says, it says he said one word, but it's quite a few words. <laughs> what does he say to them? Now, this is them They're here. They're coming. They're seeking. They're wanting there. There, there is an element of hunger there. There's some curiosity there. They want to hear what this man, Paul, has to say. But yet they kind of argue among themselves. Some believe some didn't. Some were persuaded. Some argued. 
And then when they decide to finally walk away, Paul says this. The Holy Spirit spoke rightly through Isaiah, the prophet to our father, saying, go to this people and say, hearing you will hear and shall not understand and seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing their eyes. They have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn. And turn so that I should heal them. Now think about this here. It's saying, look, you know, it's, it's not that they couldn't see or they couldn't hear. They were refusing to not hear and they were refusing not to see. Why? Because they didn't want to change. Because what does it say? Less they should see. There was things in their heart that were, were so overburdened. There was things, there was pressures, there was, there was traditions, there was opinions, there was attitudes, there were things they desired, the things that they wanted, the prestige that they desired. There was things, there was things in their life that was just weighing on them and because of it, they couldn't see and they couldn't hear. Because if they could see it and they could hear it, it said, with their hearts... They would turn. And what would happen? They'd be healed. I mean, so, so think Paul is telling them about freedom, but yet they couldn't receive freedom. You can be here today in, 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 in right here in this room and I can be talking about freedom, but you might not be able to receive it because of all that might be weighing on your heart at this moment. Be sitting in a service and answers are coming forth, but yet because of all the things that you have going on in your life, things you're worried about, you know, about relationships and, 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 and marriage and, and all these things and finances and job and occupations and calling and ministry and all these things are, are kind of weighing on your mind, your thinking, your hearing and things you're focusing on. And yet God is, is saying, hey, there's freedom, but I just need you to turn to me. Then he says this in verse, uh, verse 28, it says, therefore, let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles and they will hear it. Meaning, are you going to hear what God is speaking? Are you going to allow your heart to be overwhelmed by things that aren't him? Let's go to Hosea chapter 4. Hosea chapter 4. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 6. It says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. So what destroys people? Then what does it say? Because you have rejected knowledge. See, a lot of times we like the, we like the first part and say, Oh, well, people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We'll keep reading. 
But they're also destroyed because they've rejected knowledge. Uh, years ago, I, I remember I was going through a particular situation and won't go into the, the, the whole of the story. But I remember I was venturing out in, into something new and, and, um, and, and taking, a, taking a step that, that um, at first I felt like it was God. But then I knew that it, after a period of time, I felt like, okay, it's probably not the right direction. But my, my thought was, well, God will just work it all out. You know, it'll all work out in the end, you know, that. And um, I had a good friend of mine that came over to to my apartment and uh, and he came to me and and he was praying over just me. We were friends and he just he just had this check in his heart and he was just like, man, Justin, this isn't this isn't the right thing. And so he came to me and and I was like and and he, he, he confronted me. He goes, Justin. This isn't the right decision. You're not acting right here. This, this is a wrong step that you're taking. Why? One, because it really wasn't a step deeper into God. It was more of a stepper into what I want, a step into what I wanted. But yet I, I appreciated his boldness. He came to me and he was like, he goes, Justin, I can't, I can't, I can't be involved because he was going to be involved in this situation too. And he goes, he goes, I can't, I can't come into agreement with this. He, he walked out and I was like, oh, bless God. He doesn't know what he's missing. This is, this is, this is going to work. This is going to be great. And I'm, t- I'm going to, I'm going to prove he, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to come back. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, I'm right. And he's wrong and, and, and all these things. But yet inside I, I had to check all the while. I, the thing is, his pride was getting in the way for me to, because all of a sudden money had been spent. Things have been done. Plans have been arranged. And my thought was, it'll all work out. And I went ahead and I went through. Delayed three years of my life. Experienced things that I shouldn't have experienced. And you can be like, oh, well, God was just teaching you something. No, I was stupid. (laughs) Yeah, I learned from it. Yes. But the thing was, is it was my heart. I didn't want to hear no. I didn't want to hear no, that this wasn't the right thing. Wow. I didn't want to hear that I needed to do something different. And I experienced things that I should not have experienced. You know what? It affected other people's lives too. Other people got hurt because of my decisions. I wasn't all in. I was trying to hold on to this because it was what I wanted. Instead of saying, God, I'm going to let go of that. And I'm going to trust you with better and greater. I've had one too many Ishmaels in my life and I don't want another. I know this might be a little heavy. But I believe the Holy Spirit is doing something in our hearts today. 
Hosea 4 again. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also, I will reject you from being a priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I will forget your children. The more they increase, the more they sinned against me. I will change their glory into shame. They eat up the sin of my people. They set their heart on their iniquity. And it shall be like people like priests. Meaning because the priest is doing this, this is what the people are going to be like. Well, this priest has a hunger for God. And I wanted to be people like priests in the other way. Let's look at verse 10. For they shall eat, but not have enough. They shall commit harlotry, but not increase. Because they have ceased obeying the Lord. Verse 11. Harlotry, harlotry, wine, and new wine enslave the heart. My people ask counsel from their wooden idols and their staff informs them... For the spirit of harlotry has caused them to stray. And they played the harlot against their God. Whoa. You're like, come on, pastor. Can you get some New Testament scriptures, please? <laughs> what, what is, why am I bringing this out? Because I want you to see that what you feed on, its intent is to take away your heart. Harlotry, wine, new wine. King James says it takes away the heart. I mean, the things that you're giving yourself to is going to further lead you away from him. Harlotry, that's fornication. That's, that's, that's lust after other things. That is, that is idolatry, putting other things before God. I know these things might not be popular to talk about in the New Testament modern church. But sin is sin. And, And it's these things that we allow to overtake our hearts, that enslave our hearts, that keep us from pursuing greater things and things that we get tied to. Harlotry wine and new wine. He says new wine here. That just means... Things that are sweet. That's freshness of the grapes. That, mean, that means that's just natural things that are sweet. That, what, that anything out of, that anything wrong in life can, can uh, out of the wrong way can lead you in the wrong direction. And it's meant to take away your heart. You have a, in your heart flows the issues of life. In your heart comes forth your callings. In in your heart comes forth uh, his living water. And the thing is, is God just doesn't doesn't want it stopped up. Matthew chapter 5 verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart. It didn't say blessed are the perfect in heart. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What is the pure in heart? It means, it, it meaning there's, free, there's a free flow of access. There's a, there's a free flow of running. There's, there's water is able to flow freely. Yeah. 
Blessed are the pure in heart, meaning there's nothing between me and God. There, there's this, this constant flow of him and his presence in my life. Amen. See, the enemy wants to come and stop up your heart. The enemy wants to come in and put all sort of unnecessary things, unnecessary focuses. Cause us to be busy, cause us to have to go here and there and the pressures that your children may place on you, the pressures that other people are putting on you. And the thing is, it's not, it's it's continuing to stop up your heart when God wants your heart to be free so he can flow through it. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. What have we missed out on? Because of our heart being filled with so many other things. What encounters have you not stepped into because of uh, in in witnessing and sharing your faith with other people because of fear or the things that are in your heart? God wants the church free. God wants the church free. Thank you, Father. Hmm. I know this might not be one of those shouting messages per se, but it, but it, it will produce. The, it will, just stay with me here. Let's go to Luke chapter eighteen. That was my introduction. So, Luke chapter eighteen. God desires to do so much more in our lives. Hallelujah. Mm. Luke chapter 18. Let's look at verse 9. And he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves. So who did he speak it to? Those who were trusting in themselves. That they were righteous and despised others. Meaning they had a certain perspective of themselves. And they looked down on others. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. I always found that interesting. You know what? I've prayed a lot of prayers that God never heard. Because of having a wrong heart. The Pharisee, this was a religious man. This was a man that everyone else on the outside would look and look like he is godly. Looks like he's a man of God, that he's got everything going for him. And yet it says, Jesus says, he prayed thus and with himself. Now, what does he pray? God, I thank you that I'm not like other men. I thank you that I'm not like other men. Now, don't, don't be so religious because there's a lot of times that you've, you've missed the mark in your life and you've made statements. Well, at least I'm not this. Well, at least I'm not a homosexual or at least I'm not like that other person over there. Sin is sin. I like, well, at least I go to church, but Hey, well, but you're in church and you're gossiping and lying to everyone. (laughs) 
See, sometimes I, I, sometimes I like to choose another assignment, but no, I don't. I, w- I wanted his assignment. And so, and the thing is, is next thing you know, he's got comparison going on. And therefore, if it's comparison, then the thing is, is God is not involved in it all because your prayer life is about you and him. Your worship to God is about you and him, not the person on your left and your right. And yes, I did say homosexuality is a sin. You sleeping around is a sin. You lying, it's sin. It's sin. The Pharisee stood and prayed with himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. He calls out the tax collector. Dang. Man. I fast twice a week and I give tithes of all I possess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I give tithes of all I possess. But who cares if it's not done with the right heart? It's like you're paying, trying to pay God off for your, for your lack of, act of obedience. I give tithes of all possess. Then it says, in the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. But beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to the house justified rather than the other. Dr. Savell, a couple weeks ago, talked about not playing church. There's something I've seen and experience in the culture, and I'm not going to label any a, a domination or this school of people or, or that. I, I remember, and this is not to call anyone out, but I remember being at a, at a meeting that Joyce Myers was doing, and I believe it was ICFM in Arlington like 21 years ago. And I just moved here, been here about a year, and I remember her... Her, her, her teaching and talking and she was talking to leaders and she was dealing with, um, it was, I mean, the, the, she was talking about dealing with your potential, but, but what is hindering your potential? And all of a sudden she got to a part in the message and she made, I wrote this down, she, she said this as an altar call at the end and she said, how many people here want to maximize and reach their full potential? And then she made a statement she, and, and she had people raise their hands. And then, and, um, and then she, in this one, she had people stand up and she said, how many people want to operate in a greater level of anointing? And all of a sudden she started laughing and I wasn't up close. I was in the back and, and of course everyone is standing up and all of a sudden she is just laughing and she is just, just kind of like, and, and everyone's, what are you laughing at? And she goes, What's funny is everyone stood up, but the ministers on the front row. (laughs) 
And it was interesting because really, now before you laugh, there's altar calls that I've done here that there should have been a lot more people come to. Now think, you want to operate in a greater level of anointing? No, I don't want that. I don't want that. Mm -mm, Don't want that. How many people want to operate in their full potential? Oh, I don't want that either. And honestly, because, and I can say, why, why do maybe ministers' word of faith, people have a challenge, is because of pride. Because it's one is people are judgmental. Now think about it. If I, if I were to answer an altar call, all would be like, oh, gee, Pastor Justin is in sin. No, you, you have no idea why I answered the altar call. Now you're in sin because of you being judging. You just need to worry about yourself. But no, I'm, I'm just standing here because ministers and, 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 and all, of a sudden, it, all of a sudden, if you answer an altar call, then I must not be a person of faith. But is that any different than, well, I'm just going to stand here because um, I don't want anybody to think I have problems. We're the ones that kill our, kill, I mean, we, we kill our own to try to tell some more gossip on another believer. And, and if we think about it, I, I want more anointing in my life, but yet, but yet a lot of times it's like, if, if I answer that call, well, what would everyone think about me? I've already got it all together. I got all the anointing I need. <laughs> I'm exposing this because, because the thing is, is you should have freedom to experience what this tax collector had the ability to experience is he went home justified. In other word, righteous, meaning he went home just as he ought to be. He may have come to that prayer time broken, mixed up and messed up. But yet when he went home, he went home as he ought to be. And yet the person that stood there and just said, thank God I'm not like them. I do this. I do that. I do that. I'm good. You're lost. And God can't use you. Thank you, Father. What does Jesus say? I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, free. Rather than the other, meaning the other didn't go home free. But yet he thought he was free. Now listen, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. Greater, maximum, highest level attainable is going to be found in our humility. Thank you, Father.
Thank you, Father. Humility. Pastor Carla, don't put you on the spot. Eric, can you give her the microphone? It was something I think you were supposed to share last week. Okay. <clears throat> yes, Pastor. He was ministering last week on repentance. Do you remember that? And every Christian, if you do want to go forward in your faith and forward in your call, has to develop within you an, an humble, repentant heart that becomes your heart. In other words, we don't have occasional times of repentance when we really missed it bad. But having an humble, repentive heart is our heart. And you know that takes development. It's not an occasional act that we humble ourselves. And so last week when Pastor was ministering, which I thought, Pastor, I've just never heard you better. It was very anointed, very heart. It worked in our hearts. And a scripture came up in Acts chapter 3 in my heart. I love the Amplified Classic. And in the Amplified Classic, Acts 3, 19. Now, this is a principle that we take as our own. Pastor, if, if we want the will of God, if we want our call to develop, if we want to experience more and more of God, Acts 3, 19 says, repent. And in the Amplified Classic, it says, uh, or maybe it's the Amplified. So this one is saying, change your mind and purpose. Turn around and return to God. Well, there's one translation. I thought it was the classic that says, repent, turn and keep on turning. It's not a one-time event or an occasional event. When you accept a spirit of repentance in your life, that means your heart is bowed down and open to hear from God. You're not resisting hearing. Even when God wants to profoundly correct you. And when he wants to chastise you, which hurts church. Chastisement is not pleasant. So if we're going to develop in what pastor is speaking about, we don't dread repentance. We don't avoid repentance. But we turn to God and we keep on turning. In other words, I accept a spirit of repentance as a gift from God. 
that will change my heart that he may, that my heart may be qualified to hear. See, your heart has to be qualified. You can make a decision to hear and not hear the deeper things of God. You hear superficially and your heart is untouched. But when you know what God means by repent, turn and keep on turning. Hallelujah. This is a lifestyle. This is nothing to be ashamed of that I need to repent. No, all of us know you need to repent because you're a human being. I need to repent. I am not a perfected human being. We're going on to perfection. That means we turn to God and we keep on turning. Hallelujah. Pastor, is that clear? Praise God. So (laughs) pastor's talking about, um, we think we can, not repent, but we're going to hear from God. It's just not going to happen. Like you said, it's an attitude of repentance. It's not this. And and this is where, 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 where it it went, where repentance goes wrong, where it's this, I'm this no good. I'm this failure. No. No, Joel says we rend our hearts, not our garments. Yes. We rend our hearts not our garments. What would they do? It'd be just to prove that they were broken. They would rip their garments. And it's not this attitude that I'm a failure. I'm no good. And, and you beat yourself down. No, this repentant heart is, is God, I'm turned towards you. Exactly. And I, every day I get up with that attitude. When I say, I, I mean, we all develop mm-hmm. that every day I get up. I need to hear from you. Father, I bow down my heart to you. I open my heart to anything you want to say to me. Father, I need to hear from heaven today. May my heart be in unity with your heart. Where I'm not in unity with you, Father. I repent of that. Show me where I'm missing it. I want to hear from you. And that is a heart that God develops in us so that when he corrects us, we say, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for showing that to me. Thank you for opening my eyes to that. My attitude was off there and I repent. I submit my heart to you. And pastor, I taught this a couple of weeks ago in a Wednesday night service, but where you repent, And where you submit, where you acknowledge, I need you, Father, in this part of my heart, my attitude, my willingness. That is when God begins to bond his heart to your heart. You see, you're not bonded to God in that area of your life to be transformed without that attitude of repentance in submission, open-hearted willingness to hear whatever God wants to say to you. And that is how heart transformation takes place and the anointing is formed. Yeah. 
This is how the anointing increase. It's not just saying, Lord, I need more anointing. Now we, we do pray prayers like that, but that won't happen without your turning and you keep on turning every day of your life. God's heart begins to be bonded to your heart and true transformation takes place and you can carry the glory in a greater measure Thank you, Father. than you've been carrying the Thank glory. You, Thank hallelujah, you, Father. Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just, just praise the Lord and just... Thank you, Hallelujah. Jesus. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And, Father, we do bow mm. our hearts before you. This is a decision we make today to bow our hearts before the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jehovah, the creator of everything that is. We humble ourselves in submission, in repentance, in turning to you. Father, we, even as a congregation, make a decision. Lord, I turn to you today. And I will keep on turning to you the rest of my life. Thank you, Father. Transform my heart, Father. Cause my heart to beat with your heart. Cause your will... To be formed in my heart. And I will walk that out. Every day of my life. Thank you Father. In Jesus name. Thank you Father. Amen. Thank you Pastor. Thank you Father. Because my next verse was actually going to be Acts 3. But I want, want to read Acts 3 in the Weymouth New Testament. We probably don't have that uh, to put on the screen, but it says this. Repent, therefore, and reform your lives so that the record of your sins may be canceled and that there may come seasons of revival. That there may come seasons of revival. King James says times of refreshing, meaning it's not just one time. It's times. Is mean when we live this attitude of of just surrender to God, and our heart is just just pure. Our heart is open. Like I said, it's not about being perfect, but it's about making adjustments in your life. In Matthew chapter three, it talks of John the Baptist, and he would say, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." What was he saying? It wasn't really a time where they could ask for forgiveness because the sacrifice hadn't been given, but it was for them to understand there was something new coming. There was, there was this new ideas, new ways of thinking. And, and he was saying, repent. Why? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. There's a new way of doing things. I want you to know people new. I want you to know heritage that there's new ways of doing things that you have yet to tap into. But if we're not adjusting our heart to hear from him, we won't step in to the new ways that he has for us. So what times, seasons of revival may come. Go ahead and stand to your feet. I believe I'm, I'm done here, but I, I do want to 
give you a little bit other picture of this repentance and what repentance is and does. Remember, it's, we rend our hearts, not our garments. It's not about you telling everyone about how bad you were last week and rehearsing all your sin. No, it's just I'm turning my heart away. The Hebrew word is teshuva, and shuv means, means uh, turn. Ah means God. So it's a returning to God. In modern Hebrew, in modern Hebrew, the word teshuva means, means to answer a question. Meaning if God answers you a question, you respond with, with, with an answer. So when he says, come unto me, all that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's a question. So my repentance is answering that question by coming. What is repentance? Repentance is declaring to my flesh and my emotions that you don't rule me. Repentance is aligning myself with his word. When, when you live a repentant heart before the Lord, what are you doing? I'm al- Okay, your word says this. I'm lining my life with it. And as I align my life, that's repentance. Like I said, it's not just I'm this no worthy. I got to I got to repent of all my sin and all these bad things I've done. Well, yeah, there's a part of it. But the main issue is I'm aligning myself under his word. Repentance is aligning with kingdom purpose. Repentance is about making room for greater to be able to hear greater, see greater and be greater. Repentance is about aligning with the fullness and fulfillment of what Jesus accomplished. So repentance, it's not this traditional Christian word that, that shouldn't be a part of our vocabulary anymore because maybe a few Christians said, well, we're born again, we don't need to repent anymore. I think it's First Thessalonians, Lord. First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, chapter one. Hallelujah! Thank you, Father. Mm. Hallelujah. Verse five. It's verse, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit, and in much assurance. As you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became examples to us in Macedonia and Acacia who believed. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth not only in Macedonia and Acacia, but also in every place. Your faith towards God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we had to you. And how, now listen, and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. How you turned. How you turned to the living God. To wait for his son from heaven. Waiting. It goes back to a couple weeks ago when Miss Carolyn talked about desiring heaven so we keep this repentant attitude and this this constant correction this constant leaning to the holy spirit direct me in this 
Lord, direct this conversation. Lord, I know I missed it in that and my attitude was wrong. Lord, how do you want me to deal with it? How can I correct that? Okay, yes, Lord, I'll do that. That is living with a repentant heart. This heart that is so free, so ready, so ready to just operate in his fullness. Do you want to have a repentant heart today? Just leave here with this, for the Holy Spirit just to quicken us and direct us. Do you desire that? If you desire that, just lift your hands. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we turn. to you today we repent of all the things that have clouded all the things that have filled all the things that have overtaken our hearts and we align ourselves with your word we align ourselves with your kingdom we align ourselves with the greater the maximum Holy Spirit, we turn to you and ask your leadership. Holy Spirit, lead us. Lead us in every conversation. Lead us. As the psalmist wrote, lead us to our wealthy place. I thank you for the wealthy place that you have for every person in this place their wealthy place. Thank you for seasons of revival happening in this place. Wow. Mm. 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 your glory rest on every single one of us whether here or at home Joseph plays and as Danny comes up, just sing a song unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Just sing a, sing a new song unto the Lord. Mm, just out of your heart, your heart of worship, coming to the very throne room of heaven.
Jesus, that you set all men free. You said if we call upon the name of the Lord, we shall be saved. Maybe you've never called on the name of the Lord before. I encourage you, call upon his name. Say, Lord, I I, I come to you. I thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that you have forgiven me of all my sins. Thank you that you cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Thank you that you now call me a child of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just go ahead and right now, I want you to pray over the person on your left and your right. 
Just pray over them. You don't know what they came in here with, but I want you to know that you have the love of God on the inside of you. Hallelujah. To minister whatever hurt they might have, whatever deficiency they might have. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, Father, we praise you. We praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We glorify you. Hallelujah. Thank you for miracles happening right now. Thank you that miracles are manifesting. Hallelujah. Because your presence is here. And where your presence is, there's joy. Where your presence is, there's freedom. Hallelujah, Lord, where people are weak, I thank you that you made them strong. Where they've come in with hopelessness, I thank you that hope is being infused into them in the name of Jesus. I thank you that they get a new, fresh picture, that they get a vision of their future. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that, 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 you have a, that they'll understand and know that they have been called from the foundation of the world. Thank you, Father, that, 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 that you are working everything uh, for, for their good on, on their behalf, Father. I thank you, Lord, that wherever they have questions, where they have struggles, where they have discouragement, Lord, I thank you that they're being infused right now by the spirit of grace and the spirit of glory. Thank you, Father, that you rest on them when they leave here today. <clears throat> thank you, Father, for the anointing to come upon them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. I thank you that you are removing every limitation. I thank you, Lord, that blind eyes are being healed. I thank you that deaf ears are hearing. Hallelujah. I thank you that bondages are being broken off. I thank you, Father. Hallelujah. The peace of God is flowing in. The peace of God is flowing in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you for understanding understanding, hallelujah, the decisions that they need to make, hallelujah, the discernment they have, the friends that they need to separate from, the relationship they need to separate from, hallelujah, reveal it to them now by the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, hallelujah, and when they leave, as they leave here today, I thank you that you cause them to be a witness, thank you, Father. You said the Holy Spirit would be poured out and that they would receive power to be witnesses. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to heaven. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. As they leave today. We're not, we're not done with the service yet, but this is a prayer. As they go out into the highways and the byways this week, I thank you for divine appointments and divine encounters. Hallelujah, that they would influence everywhere they go. I thank you, Lord, they have words words and season to those that are weary. I thank you, Lord, that the gifts of the Spirit operate just as strong in Walmart as they do in the church. So I thank you that they are led by your Spirit, guided by your Spirit. I thank you, Father, for, for just your Word living in them. Hallelujah, Lord, that they have the ability to release Hallelujah. The captives, they have the ability to set the, those that are in bondage. They have the ability to set them free. Hallelujah. Because the name of Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that they're strong and you're strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Everywhere they go. Hallelujah. Miraculous things happen. Hallelujah. 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 If you believe that, give him a shout of praise today. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Look to your neighbor and say, I am hungry. Look to your other and say, I am more hungry for God than I have ever been in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go ahead and be seated for a moment. Hallelujah.